It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Everybody, welcome to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I'm your host, Becca Winker, also known as at BeccaMVP on Twitter, here with my co-host, Quentin Mayo, at T-O-Q-M underscore. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Becca? I'm a little tired. You know, it's rainy outside. I'm, I'm ready to go to sleep. But It's one of those days. It's definitely one of those days. One of those days, but I'm super excited to talk about the win last night. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. The Wizards won. Let's get to it, Becca. Wizards won at at Detroit last night. Final score, 102-97. I'm feeling pretty good about this one. I, um, I was a little worried. First half, it seemed like we had a amazing um, momentum going and then the third quarter was all right and then the fourth quarter is when we really started having problems and somehow we got John Wall to save the day and help us win the game yep we talked a lot about um third quarter performances over the past at least two podcasts and you see they had a good a good rhythm going, 27 in the first quarter, 27 in the second quarter. The third quarter, they dipped down to 23, and they're outscored by the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons almost dropped 30 in the third quarter. So the Wizards, they definitely took a, they took a slump. But I did like how the bench uh, kind of uh, – I think they went on 11-2 to two run to bring – like. There you go. 13-2 to two run to get things back going in the right direction. And then for John Wall to come in – Late game situations and perform as efficient as he was. He's making the right passes. He was finishing at the rim. He was hitting jump shots. When he can do all those things at the exceptional, exceptional, excuse me, level that he he does it, it's kind of hard to stop. So the Wizards got a, a good one last night. 
what made me most happy about this game is that I really think they did a great job defending the paint with 10 blocks total. Jeff Green had three of them. Keith had two. And Jason Smith, Bradley Beal, John Wall, Austin Rivers, and Kelly Oubre all had one. So the defensive effort down low was definitely there. Yeah. They were they were giving their best on defense. But again, when you're doing your best on defense and the offense is kind of stagnant, you know, sometimes the Wizards haven't been known to be a great defending team, so I like how they are trying to show some effort. But then again, they could have really blown this team out early on, but you got guys like Otto Porter who had a really bad night. He was one for six, 16% from the field, and he only dropped four points in 22 minutes of play. So that's the reason why, I know we're in preseason, but this is the reason why Otto's name is always brung up in trade conversations and Jimmy Butler conversations and Paul George and all these possible and, well, former possible situations because Otto Porter sometimes finds a way to decrease as his pockets increase. So we're going to have to get that, you know, together. They got one more preseason game this Friday against the Lions. Just the Lions from China. The China Lions. Which and you will uh, be watching. Of course, I'll be watching. I made a joke earlier before the podcast started, and I said I wasn't going to watch the pot, I mean, watch the game. But I'm definitely going to be watching it. Because I did predict that they were going to win out the rest of these preseason games. So I got to make sure that my sports knowledge is up to par with how I talk on here. I got to. Your good luck charm. You're the good luck charm of the Washington Wizards, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've been a Wizards fan for a long time. It doesn't seem to be working. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, with the defensive effort, however, I will say that a lot of players were in foul trouble last night. Jason Smith fouled out, had six. Markeith Morris had five fouls. Jan Mahimi, five fouls as well. Mm. Bradley Beal with four fouls of his own. So, I think I'd like to chalk it up to the fact that they had trouble defending um, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Yeah. This is a very it's a very big team, very physical team. And we talked about Mahimi um, on the last episode. We said he was going to have a good test against Andre Drummond. And you were right. He did he he did hold his own. Andre he didn't did go okay. off for 30, but Drummond did drop 17. And I think he – how many rebounds did he have? He had 20 rebounds. So they were trying to stop him from get, grabbing those boards, and he just couldn't do it. So it's just a big, tough, physical team. They're scrappy, and they – they got the wisdom foul trouble very quickly, especially Yama Mahimi. He was, whew, he's always fouling though. Always fouling out, but I think he did a great job given the challenge that was in front of him. Um, I just think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, getting used to guarding those tough players and really holding his own. But no, no technical fouls. I'm kind of disappointed because I I've been <laughs> waiting for John Wall to get a tech, and it's just kind of killing me inside i can't imagine him getting a tech tomorrow during like an international team game so i'm not really sure like john i'm kind of disappointed if you're listening but you're probably not so it's all good what's going on with him like all his friends get texts and he doesn't get one like we need you to get all your technical fouls out early in the preseason we don't we don't want to get into the regular season and he starts having an attitude again and starts getting texts out of nowhere but if he gets a tech against the international exhibition game uh on friday i'm gonna have some choice words for him because that's unacceptable yeah we can't host a team internationally and just be disrespectful we need we need to um get those out of the way 
I remember, uh, it wasn't last season, but the season before, I think he almost reached the maximum limit of technical fouls before you, um, I guess, you're not allowed to play anymore. I can't remember the rule exactly, but I think it's about 16 or so. Mm-hmm. So, um, but last season, he wasn't as bad, so I don't anticipate another um, technical foul uh, kind mm-hmm. of chain. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, he'll be fine. He'll always be. John Wall is always fine. I'm never worried about him. And in fact, he was my player of the game. He had 32 points and made 52% of his shots, five assists, nine rebounds, three steals, all very good things. I really don't have anything to criticize about his game. He did really well. He did do well. He knocked down three three pointers last night. He only missed two free throws. He was he was really just doing it all. He almost had a triple double. So just to see him back in the form in which we haven't really seen him since 2016. Because 17, he came into the season with, you know, that nagging injury. And then he was out for most of the season. So to see him back in full form, he looks good. He looks healthy, looks fast. I know a lot of times last night he was going all the way to the rim. He was attacking even bigger guys. Like he takes pride in finishing at the rim over bigger defenders. And he had one really good drive, I think, in the fourth quarter where he came and he he was one-on-one with Andre Drummond and he gave the one ball, ball fake, and got Drummond up in the air and just threw it up high off the glass. That was really impressive. So he's at this point in his career, he's so good at being fast but also being patient and uh, being effective. So it was good to see him get a 30-piece last night while shooting over 50%. It was really impressive, especially when you got your third star only putting up four points and – Brad had 17, but Otto can't can't be the fourth star on this the third star on his team and only have four points. That's unacceptable. Come on, Otto. I don't want to hear those trade rumors anymore because I don't want Jimmy <sighs> Butler either. So I mean, I, I just need, <laughs> I just need you to step up. I'm tired of the Jimmy Butler drama. Um, little side note: he's supposed to have an interview on ESPN. And I'm honestly not looking forward to it because I just don't want to hear what he has to say anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm being real with you, like, yeah, I, and I don't know. I guess we could. I guess it's kind of a sidebar, but we've kind of said everything we had to say about you know this this preseason game. But after hearing what he did to his team in terms of like speaking out at the GM, Tibbs calling out Cat and Wiggins, beating the starters with the third string um, players. But, like, all these antics and actions from him, do you think that helps or hurts his chances to get traded? Because if Minnesota, I mean, after this, you're definitely like, okay, we want to get rid of this guy. He's a he's sore in the locker room. He's a head case. But if I'm a team around the league that can only possibly can possibly only have him for one year, do you really want to bring all that media attention to your team? Do you want to bring all that drama to your locker room? What would you think? Does it help or hurt his situation? Oh, it hurts his situation either way because if he gets stuck in Minnesota, you know, he's already, the damage has already been done. And on top of, you know, saying all he had to say about his, you know, teammates, I mean, and, and being so disrespectful at a practice, you know, that that's just something that's unacceptable. I think a lot of players who are successful in this league, they stay humble and they, you know, they know, they know that they're talented but what really helps them grow is that they stay humble and they know they can always do better. They're not better than any of their teammates, you know. He just straight up went in there and told them, you know, basically, you can't win without me. You're nothing without me. And it, it's just, 
that's not the type of mentality that helps people win. That right. that's not gonna bring a, a ring. That's not gonna bring, you know, make your play teammates better. I mean, it's just unacceptable. And honestly, like, I used to be a huge fan of him, but I'm just like so disappointed with how he's been treating his teammates. And in addition, I mean, you know, Minnesota obviously, you know, he I'm sure they want him out of there. Like that's just too much. I mean, after that that sort of drama is too much. I think it's going to hurt him because other teams are going to see that and they're going to be like, "Why do we want that?" Like, right. why why do we want that energy? You know, because the bottom line is if he doesn't get his way, he's going to throw a fit and he's not going to have that mentality to win. It's just right. he thinks he's the best and that's it. And that's just, I mean, it, it's it's so obnoxious. Like, I'm just ready for him to just, like, stop talking and just, um, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen. I honestly have no clue what is going to happen, if he's going to stay, if he's going to go. I have no clue, but it was just like to hear that practice thing. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the worst thing I've thing I've heard since um, Gilbert Arenas and <laughs> Javaris. So. Yeah, I was gonna say this is probably the wildest sports story. Well, wildest basketball story I've heard in a very long time. I kind of compared it to what Earl Thomas from the Seattle Seahawks was doing towards the Seahawks team this season. Like he wanted his money. Uh, he didn't want to be on the team. He wanted to get traded, and then. So he's not practicing or he's half-heartedly practicing. He's flicking off his teammates or the organization as he got carted off with an injury. So I think this is pretty – it just it just seems very odd, poor taste. Like I don't know who's in his camp that gave him the idea because it kind of seems set up. Like ESPN just happened to be at the practice and Ramona Shelbourne was there ready to give a sit-down interview right after the practice was over. I was just so confused. Like when I saw that he was doing a sit-down interview with ESPN, I'm like – Wait, this just happened four this seconds just ago. Like five minutes ago. Right. So how is he already doing the sit down interview? So I think somebody it, it seems like it was staged, like he wanted it to be seen, he wanted this to get out, but I don't know if it necessarily helps his situation. It just it just seems like it's the difference between being competitive. He said he got his anger got the best of him, but being competitive and being conceited and, and arrogant and and having malice behind your actions is they're two different things. So I think he he crossed the line on this one, and I mean his punishment might just be you got to stay in Minnesota all season. <laughs> that might be his final punishment, but I don't know if any team that want to pick him up after that. Yeah, I'm just <clears throat> so in awe that he that this behavior was approved by his publicist, or you know he thinks it's okay to go and act like that because that's not the type of mentality that's healthy for any team, you know. No. And it just goes to show if he goes to another team. And he doesn't get exactly what he wants. What is he going to do? Is he going to throw another fit? I mean, throwing a temperature transfer. It, it's unacceptable. And I, I stick to my guns. I said I didn't want him on the Wizards, and I still don't want him on the Wizards. If he comes here, then I, I think I'll be in the twilight zone for the rest of the season. <laughs> like I just won't be having it. So, so we're stuck to our our original statements. We don't think Jimmy Butler's is going to be here or should come here, and this further proves our stances on that whole debacle of a situation exactly so the sidebar is over we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna finish talking about the game against the detroit pistons we're gonna kind of walk you through it and stick around this is jake from locked on locked on has teamed up with state farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in nba history 
After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Becca Winker. Alongside me is Quentin Mayo. And we're just kind of um, recapping the game we had this Wednesday against Detroit. And we, we just had a little sidebar about Jimmy Butler because that's, you know, like the the Kardashian story of the NBA right now. So we're kind of um, we're kind of um, crazed by the story. However, um, I'd, I'd just like to take the time to appreciate Jason Smith. I know I can't. Every <laughs> single game, i got to say something about it. If it's good, you will hear me talking about Jason Smith all season long. He made five out of eight of his shots, and he had 14 points. And i am I got to give him credit for trying you know, to defend those guys because Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond is just not easy to you know, defend whatsoever. So kudos to you, Jason. Kudos to Jason Smith. Now, I feel like you always have something good to say about Jason. I'll always have something bad to say about Kelly Oubre. Like, I think <laughs> that's, that's like kind of like, thing. that's our thing. So I'm going to talk about KO. Um, 19 minutes, two points. One for six from the field. Come on, bro. 0 for four from the three-point line. I mean, he did have four rebounds. He had a plus-minus, a plus-seven. So one thing I can't give him credit for, even though his shot wasn't falling, he did have a couple moments where he did his thing off the ball in terms of his defensive ability. He um, he was in the face of some guys, stuff, some stuff that's not going to show up on the stat sheet. But, um, yeah, he's when his shot is not falling, Coach Brooks wants him to contribute in other ways. Scoring comes second. So he's going to have to find a way to continue to – improve his defense as well as improve his shot because he has the aggression. He has the will and tendencies to put up a good amount of points, but it's just his technique. It's just not, it's not, it's not well so far this preseason. So he has one last tune up game against the lions on Friday. And then you got regular season play around the corner. So if KO not only wants a spot on this team solidified, but wants to get paid after this season, he's going to have to find a way to make himself more, um, how do I say this? More appealing. Sellable. Yeah. He yeah. has to do something to to improve his stock because right now it's sad to say his stock is falling. Oh, Kelly. Um, speaking of stats, Sadoransky <clears throat> remained perfect. Three for three on his field goals. Six points, six rebounds, and five of them were defensive. So way to be there, Sado. That was awesome. Yep. And um, yeah, so at halftime... 
The game was 54-45 Wizards. Third quarter, like I said before, you know, it always kind of makes or breaks a game. But with this game, I didn't really find that it was, like, you know, game-changing. The Wizards kind of still held on to their lead. It was um, 77-68. to And the fourth quarter was really kind of disturbing in the fact that they've held a lead, lead the whole game. And with a minute left, there were they were up 98-97. to I mean, I don't know. It it just kind of upset me. But um, <laughs> the last minute of the game, I mean, our backcourt really sealed the deal with the win. Brad hitting a jump shot, and that was followed by John Wall with his step back um, fadeaway jumper. So that that was really um, crucial to the game, you know, because you can have a lead the whole game, but if you you know lose it. In the fourth, it becomes a new ball game. So I'm happy that we were able to still get the win somehow. Right, John Wall really put on his cape last night and, so, and sealed the deal. Saw and then the he John Wall magic for the first time. Right. I mean, the last 13 of the 17 Wizards final remaining points. I mean, 13 of it was his. So yeah. it just goes to show. I mean, when he really wants something, he can go out there and get the job done. And I loved how. The the last possession when he hit the mid range, uh, like the mid range fader, to seal the deal. I love how he did not settle for a three. He didn't have to. He didn't do anything that he was not. He he went to what he's most comfortable with, and that's knocking down that mid range that mid range jump shot, knowing that if he gets to his spots, that no one in the league can defend him. So I like how he went to that. He didn't force anything. He sealed the deal, and that's one thing that the Wizards are looking for, especially this season. When John was out a lot of the times last season, it was up to Bradley Bill to close out games. And Bradley is not the best closer. We've seen that he can put up 35 points throughout the entirety of the game. But when it gets to the last few minutes or the last few seconds of the fourth quarter and it's tied, it's like he runs out of gas. He can't hit shots. He just he disappears. So John is going to have to until Brad can figure out what he's doing. John's going to have to be one of those guys to start closing out these games. And he's been streaky throughout his tenure here. He's had some days where he can close out games. And other at other times, he, he can't seem to hit anything in the clutch. So it was good to see him finish out the game. It's his team. And uh, the Pistons just had to deal with it last night. Deal with it. Just deal with <laughs> just it. Just deal with it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I just want to take the time also to kind of um, give the bench a lot of credit because – the second quarter, you know, they really built the lead up a little bit more and they, you know, kept the momentum momentum going that the starters brought. Um, playing against Detroit Stars, you know, Griffin was still in, Drummond was still in, and they went on a 13-4 run. And the lead, I mean, it, it was like 40-28 to 28 at some point. So, I mean, that was really nice to see that the bench can kind of hold their own because we haven't had that. We haven't mm. had that. I mean, it's pretty obvious to most Wizards fans that we haven't had that chance, you know, because the starters, usually what happens, like last year, the starters would come in, they would do their job, you know, sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't, it just depends. But whenever we had a substantial lead, like as soon as the bench comes in, it just gets blown, you know, just like that. So it was really good to see that the bench was putting in effort to make sure that we were still on track. Yeah, this bench is, is probably going probably the story of I guess the off season 
the preseason. It's going to be the story going into the regular season. Like, when you get past the fact that the Wizards did add to White Howard, this bench is way deeper than it's been in a very long time. So I remember the past few seasons, they've just had bench players that, you know, you got the Tim Frazier's, the Brandon Jennings, just guys that are good guys, but they just couldn't get it done on the floor. And that caused Wall, Bill, Otto, Markeith, all the starters had to play increased minutes to make up for the lack of a bench, lack of bench production. So now if the Wizards can starting five can take a rest and the bench can keep it above float or even expound upon the lead that they have, it's going to keep this team fresh headed into the postseason so that they don't have to feel gassed and feel like they don't have to play. Um, they don't they don't have to play 40 minutes a game just to win a game. I remember the Boston series. The bench was extremely short. Because the, the the bench, I mean, the starters, the rotation, excuse me, the rotation was extremely short because the starters had to play the entire game to stay within the realms of the game and to stay within arm's length. So Austin Rivers and these guys, Sato was a guy that got a lot of minutes last season that knows what to do on the floor. These guys are going to be key to the Wizards having any type of success this season. I'm with you. I think the time that Sato had to start last season was invaluable for the team because he knows what it takes, and I think he'll help a lot of other bench players kind of, um, you know, go on their way and be successful. So this game tomorrow against the Lions, I don't have a prediction because I have never seen them play. I got to be real with you guys. But I know that John Wall will not be playing because they – said that I think he's he played a lot of minutes last night so they kind of want him to take it easy which I'm cool with I don't think he needs to play during the preseason anymore I think he's done what he needed to do and he showed us last night that he's capable and he's healthy and he's looking good so I'm cool with that him and Austin played it the only they were only two players to play above 30 minutes last night so they deserve a break you know one day in between these games since it's against a team that they're not ever going to play again so they got their good look against Detroit with extended minutes they can relax and now I want to see Otto get in a, in a groove I want to see um, Jeff Green continue to do what he was doing he only had two points last night we've been raving about him so Jeff Green again in the groove Otto again in the groove and then uh Markeith and, and Jan Markeith had 15 last night, but Jan had some foul trouble early, so he was kind of out of the swing of things from the jump. So those guys can get it done, and you got some minutes for um, some extra rotations. And, you know, Brooks will mix, mix it up here and there to see uh, what he can get away with this season and what he can't. So it'll, it'll be good to see Wall get some rest. Well, guys, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to fight Quentin, <laughs> you, know, you know where we are. Come find us on Twitter at BeccaMVP at T-O-Q-M underscore. Um, Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure, and we will see you soon. You've been listening to Locked On Network. One day we gon' ball. I just made a call, shit like John Wall. I just caught the law, now they pissed off. The only one, the chosen one, they know we lost. My dog shit came home, break them off. We gon' ball like John Wall one day. And I can see it in a Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.